the lifetime appointment is there to allow people to speak their minds without fear of consequence. Well, the hearings are over. The vote has been delayed, but uh, the questions still seem to hang in the air. Hi, everybody. I'm Bill Little here with Steve Green and Scott Ott. And this is your right angle on the uh, recently finished uh, series of questions that uh, basically consists of these advising consent part of the Constitution where the Senate gets to reflect upon a nominee made by the president. And in this case, we're talking about uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson. Now, Scott has said many times, and I agree with him 100% on this, that it is not the it is not the Constitution doesn't say that the Senate's job is to determine whether or not they like this person. This is this is this is a question of something that is essentially not uh, an interrogation. It's it's a simple it's a simple statement of, or at least at 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 its very best, an inquiry into not their ideological bent. That's the president's prerogative. The idea is to make sure that they are functionally capable, that they have, that they are essentially capable of doing the job that, that being on the Supreme Court requires. And this is where I have a problem because I, I completely agree with Scott on this. I 100% agree with it. And because I 100% agree with the principle, that means that many times I'm not going to like the outcome because the principle is more important than the result. And I'm not going to change my principles in order to get a result I like. All of this to simply say this. If the nominee, if Ms. Brown-Jackson had come up and, and answered questions in a way that I thought indicated an extreme left-wing bias and, and a tremendous propensity towards progressivism that was antithetical to the Constitution as I understood it, then that would be a bitter pill that I would have to swallow because I'm not the president of the United States. I didn't appoint her. But that's not what happened. And this causes me genuine concern. Uh, Steve Let's talk about, because I think there are two, two things here. One of them, I think, is obfuscation for political reasons, and the other one, I think, is just flat-out lying. Okay. So, so I'll ask you about the first one, about the obfuscation. Famously, uh, a senator asked um, the, uh, the uh, nominee, um, could you define what a woman is? Because, believe it or not, we live in times now where this is a high-level discussion that has to be had at the, at the in the August halls of government, and after a little bit of uh, back and forth stammering, she famously replied, "I can't do that, Senator. I'm not a biologist." Now, that's not perjury, and that's not lying, but that's certainly not telling the truth. And my point is, is that the evasion of that question causes me much more concern than an honest answer of that question, even if I disagreed with it. Is that making any sense to you? Yeah, it does. You know what? Uh, something occurred to me while you were introing this, uh, based on what you were telling me. Um, so this is still in the Judiciary Committee. I'll, I'll answer your question in just a sec. But I wanted to look up the uh, the membership. Because we've got a 50-50 Senate, um, mm -hmm. it also means that the committees have to be 50-50. So instead of uh, – if the Democrats had a, an actual majority in the Senate, it would be 13 Democrats and 11 Republicans on the committee or, or 12 and 11, whatever the number is. But th there would be one more Democrat or maybe two more Democrats and Republicans. But because of the power-sharing arrangement that uh, we brokered between Schumer – and McConnell, the committees are all tied. And so it's 11-11. And I wanted to look up the uh, the Republican members of this committee. Uh, they include, I do not see 
a Mitt Romney on there. Um, I do not see a uh, oh, who's the uh, I think the the main Republican squish, the Rhino. Uh, neither one of them are on the committee, so there's a chance that uh, if this whole I don't know what a woman lie evasion, whatever you want to call it, is, it causes enough of public stink. This nomination could possibly die in the Senate Judiciary Committee just because the Republicans won't vote to get it out and there aren't a majority of Democrats to get it out. So little technical. We'll see how that plays out. I'm not getting my hopes up, but it's there and it it is technically possible that, that this dies there. That said, uh, Bill, she's lying. Uh, this is a flat out lie. And the reason is Except for a, a very tiny minority of Americans and people worldwide who suffer from a, a terrible, terrible condition, everybody knows what a woman is and who a woman is, uh, period. That's just the way it is. And this reminds me, this this public spectacle that we have to endure of, of pretending that uh, we don't know what a woman is or what a man is uh, reminds me of uh, Solzhenitsyn describing power in the Soviet Union. He said, we know they are lying. They know they are lying. They know we know they are lying. We know they know we know they are lying, but they are still lying. And the reason is the one that uh, that George Orwell gave in 1984. He said, the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. It was their final, most essential command. Because once the party can get you to deny what everybody knows and to get you to lie about it publicly, they own you. Yes. And I think it was Ron Paul who said that in a, in a, in a government of lies, telling the truth is treason. Um, but I, I cannot be clear enough about this, so I'm going to just say this one more time. If, if the question was, uh, Judge uh, Brown Jackson, um, what is the definition of a woman? And then Judge Jackson had said, I believe that a woman is defined as a person who identifies as a woman and gave the, the progressive answer that she clearly believes, then I would have completely disagreed with that and, and I would have continued to be opposed to her nomination. But that would have been an honest answer to the actual question. And that would have, that would have indicated to me as a protect, as a, as a senator that while I disagree with her politics, she certainly is not only, not only capable of telling the truth, She's got the courage to say what she actually believes, and she didn't. She ducked that question completely. Uh, Scott, uh, another uh, question came uh, not long after that. And this one, I think, was, an, as I said, Stephen, we all know she's lying. She knows what a woman is. But she didn't actually she didn't actually say uh, that. But, but the next one, she kind of did. Somebody asked her, um, what, uh, when do you think life begins? And she said, I don't know. Now. Everybody knows that new life is created on a daily basis and new humans are created on a daily basis. And there's a plenty of argument about this whole thing in terms of abortion. This is obviously what this whole thing is about. But to say you don't know when life begins is a lie. And again, just for the sake of clarity, if she's a, if she's a strongly pro-abortion person, then she has an, a moral obligation during this process to say, I believe that life begins at conception. However, I don't think that person becomes a human being. It's a collection of cells and so on and so on. Give an explanation. 
that explains what your values are so that we can so that we can then be satisfied that while we don't agree with the values, you are at least capable of writing a legal opinion on the values that has some kind of internal consistency and some kind of sense. And she ducked that one too. Is there a question in there? <laughs> yes. The question in there is, when does life begin? And if you disagree with the nominee, does that necessarily mean you can disqualify that nominee? Or would you be willing to disqualify a nominee based on the fact that they're not willing to answer the question in the first place? Because this is an issue. Yeah, I, I think the, the second question is easier to answer than, than the first in a sense, because um, I have, have a strong bent toward allowing the president his nominee unless that person proves to be incompetent or corrupt in some way that would prevent them from carrying out the duties of the office. Um, one of the consequences of, of uh, losing an election is that the other party gets to pick things and you don't. Um, and so as bitter a pill as that is to swallow, it should merely encourage us to be more assiduous in our efforts to get the next president elected uh, who will pick better nominees, or at least better from my perspective. Um, I, I don't think that this obvious attempt at dissembling or dodging or avoiding answering a question uh, is exclu excludes her from the bench. Um, I think that there are many, many answers. If you go through the hours of grilling that all these justices go through, there are many answers that are less than direct. And there are many answers that you could read as being deceptive. I think that she was at the very least passively deceptive by basically pretending that she didn't know what was on the face of it obvious. I mean, when, when the committee took a break, she didn't rush out and uh, flip a coin to decide which restroom she was going to go into. She knew which one she was going to go into. So, you know, that that's just a little silly. Um, and when you talk about human life beginning at conception, there's no argument about that, as you pointed out in our backstage episode. Um, the, the question becomes, at what point is it okay to continue to abort a, a child? And there's great disagreement over that. You know, at what level does this life then become a human life or could be categorized as a human life or as a person? And so that argument will go on forever. I have my strong feelings about that. Um, but I, I think her inability to directly answer a question when there's no way that either answer would have jeopardized her confirmation uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense from a political correctness perspective, uh, you know, dancing around that question. Um, she's she's going to get confirmed, you know. It, so it, I, I am frankly flummoxed especially by the woman answer that, you know, that I would need a biologist to determine if somebody was a woman, you know, when if the doctor who delivered her child handed the baby to her and didn't say a thing, she would know within seconds whether she had a boy or a girl. And that and everybody would, um, you know, so you've got DNA, you've got genitalia, you've got reproductive capability. You know, there's all kinds of ways. If the if the question well, Scott, was, let me just interrupt you. you you're not a biologist, <laughs> <laughs> but he plays you know, one on YouTube. Well, the funny thing is, if you don't you you're not a biologist, but you probably had ninth grade biology class. I mean, can you can you define a mammal judge? And I think the judge would do a fine job defining what what constitutes being mammalian. <laughs> so that's, it's really, um, 
it's a kind of passive aggressive deception uh, that does not reflect well on her. And frankly, and I watched a couple of hours of her uh, on the first and second day of her questioning. And frankly, I thought she acquitted herself fairly well for somebody who disagrees with my point of view. I mean, I think she carried herself well. I think she said many of the right things. I think she expressed a view of the Constitution that is, uh, at least in her words, consistent with the way I see it and of judicial interpretation of the Constitution that is textual and consistent with the way I see it. So this really is a stain upon an otherwise fairly good performance for, again, a court appointee that I would not have appointed. Uh, Mr. Little, what is a definition of a woman? Well, I'm going to define it for you because as a potential Supreme Court justice, I'm going to have to make rulings on issues like this. If a Title IX case comes up, I got to know what a woman is. And I'm not going to pretend like I don't because that's not honest and that is in fact deceiving people. And this is the difference between having a difference of opinion and trying to deceive people because of your opinion. So a woman is a human being that has double X chromosomes that are present in, in every single cell of their body and has reproductive organs that allow them to carry a child. That's a, that's a basic foundation of it. I think you can pretty much, I think you can start there and then go on. Life begins at conception. You can argue about whether or not that is human life. We eat a lot of chickens, but that's at least an answer, right? But these are not answers. And that tells me two things. Number one, it tells me that this person is not qualified to sit on the Supreme Court because the entire purpose of the lifetime appointment that makes these things so earth-shakingly important, they are there for life. The lifetime appointment is there to allow people to speak their minds without fear of consequence. That is why we elect judges to uh, justices to the Supreme Court for life, so that they will not be under pressure to, to render something other their, than their opinion. And while I completely disagree with everything that this person stands for politically, if she would at least, if she would simply come out and say what they are, I would be tempted to say, or I wouldn't be tempted to say, I would say, I don't like it, I don't like her, I think it's bad for the country, maybe catastrophic for the country, but these are the rules, and these are following the rules. And number two, and number two, I would come back to another core belief of mine, and that is that we determine what truth is through the through the back and forth of, of constant, constant debate and constant uh, uh, discussion and so on. The wisdom of crowds, the idea that no one of us is right, but all of us together almost always come to the correct conclusion. You have to have a diversity of opinion for that to happen. But, but how can you have a diversity opinion if you don't give your opinion? It's, it's cowardly. And, it, and, it's, and it, it's an indication that, that you are more concerned about your public image or your chance of getting on the court than you are about stating clearly what your, what your belief system is. And that's what this process is about. So as far as I'm concerned, she's disqualified on that basis. But it, it's, it's also something else and something that's so common that we don't even have to point it out anymore. What we see when this woman says, I'm not a biologist, I can't tell you what a woman is. What we're seeing there is we're seeing yet another example of politics that are so unpopular with the American people that if you simply come out and state what you actually believe, you have no chance of being appointed to important positions in American life. It's that simple. This is why 
Barack Obama has to stand in front of 35 American flags when he says that he was never once in church when Jeremiah Wright had something bad to say about white people, right? It's just a lie. If you have to lie about your politics or or at the very best, refuse to answer when people ask you about your moral code, then that's an indication that you know that your moral code is not appropriate for the people who are asking you the question. It's self-evident, there's no other way around it. But here we are. And like Scott says, I'm sure this process will go through. And again, instead of getting somebody like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who I also think was catastrophic for the court, but who I respect for having had an opinion and stuck to it, instead of getting somebody like that, we get somebody who just says, uh, honestly, Senator, what's a woman? Uh, the truth is, Senator, I, I don't recall. I, I don't recall. I'm sorry. Slipped my mind. For Steve Green and Scott Out, I'm Bill Whittle. We'll see you next time right here on Right Angle.